I'm going to throw a big fat fucking curveball here. Come on, here we go. He's going to do something ridiculous now. What player from like XL or something is he going to pick out? Uh, no, 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 no. I Come am on. my MVP. I'm out. That's actually outrageous. I know. I'm going to tell you why I'm correct. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Side Select. Special episode of Side Select today. It's another one of our award shows uh and it's 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 these it's the award show of all award shows because not only do we get to recap the summer split we get to recap the year as a whole here for lec we've got some exciting categories as always to go through and some so, some good and not so good titles to give out to different teams and players uh before we get on to all that boring stuff though of course, I am Foxtrot joined, as always, by Rich and Thorin. And uh, the, the question of the day here. Okay, I'm sitting up for this one because I'm really curious. I, normally, normally when I come up with a question to ask you guys, I already know what you're going to say. I kind of get the answer. I just want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear. Yeah, well, what can I say? You guys are predictable. I just want to hear you guys say it. And sometimes you come up with some really whack stuff, well, which is great. <laughs> but this one, I'm generally not sure. So. The uh, the woke leftist mob has uh, has yeah. taken over the world. Where's okay. this going? Okay. <laughs> Strap in. Strap in. It'd be hard for me to imagine this, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 give yeah. me a picture, you know. <laughs> Veganism, right, has now taken a hold. It got its insidious yeah. claws into everything yeah. and the higher ups and whatnot. And now the government is saying veganism is the way forward, right? Now. The important part of this question is you can still be a meat eater. It's fine. It's not outlawed at all, but okay. you, need a, you now need a license to eat meat. This license lasts for one year. Fucking hell. The way you acquire the license. It's going to be something ridiculous okay. now. Come on, hit me. The in way the, you on. acquire the license. Yeah. Is... Eating someone's ass out or something. Come on. <laughs> what do you have to do? I mean, you're, close, you're closer than you. <laughs> Come on, hit me with it. In order to eat your animal yeah. of choice, let's say bacon or, or whatever, yeah. you have to eat the whole thing. The entire pig has to be consumed, okay. and then you get your pig eating license for okay. a year. So we're talking eyeballs. We're talking snouts. We're talking tr trotters. Okay. If it's edible. I mean, I'm sure you can find a way. We're talking the curly tails, including the arsehole. It's all yeah. got to go down the gullet, right? You have to do that once a year, and then you're allowed to eat pork for the rest of the year. Same for a cow. I mean, I understand there's like a lot of cow. <laughs> Cow's quite a big thing. You don't have to eat like a, a whole cow in one sitting, but you have to have eaten, you know, you okay. have to really dedicate to wanting to eat cow. Like, you want to eat cow? Fine, eat cow. Have the whole bloody thing. It's that kind of thing, right? My question to you guys is, would you still eat meat? And if so, what would you eat? Because it's a bit of an effort. You can't just go around and eat like everything and be like, oh, I've got all my bases okay. covered. Or maybe, maybe you would. Maybe you would do that. Or maybe you'd be like, you know what? I like bacon, but I don't want to eat out a pig's ass. So I'm just going to pass for, for this year. Maybe I'm, next I'm year. I'm going to assume we ignore all the obvious flaws and pitfalls of this already, right? Like that a cow literally feeds 600 people, by the way, if you take a fully grown cow and cut it up. So, I'm so you can just eat that, like bits, you know, like you bit, have to a bit from every part. Body. Yeah, okay, we'll say okay, that. A bit yeah. from every part. Okay. It's just, are you willing to do the gross part of the eating to get the nice part of the eating? I guess is kind of the theory of this question. 
really, instead of doing the we live in a leftist dystopia, blah, 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 blah you could have just said, blah. would you eat a testicle to continue <laughs> to eat meat? Like, I mean, yeah, but I've got to paint the, I've got to paint the, you know. No, I'm immersed, mate. Don't worry. I'm, I'm exactly. in, I can see, I can see. Exactly. Immersion is very important. So what's more important are your answers? Would you do it, Rich? Uh, and if so, what animals? Just probably just not. I mean, I would say like at least year on year, I w if I have to do this every year, pro I, there'll just be some years that I don't. And maybe some when, let's say I've, I've been a, a non-meat eater for a year. By the end of that year, I'll probably think, fuck, you know, I really miss meat. So maybe I'd do it for the next year. But I can't imagine like, because I like, you know, again, middle class white child here. I like a smorgasbord of choice when it comes to my meat eatings. So I'm not going to be satisfied by just you know, fucking pork or beef or chicken. I like all of the above sometimes together, you know, if I'm having something a bit off the, mm. uh, off the norm. So yeah, I probably just not, I probably just try being vegan for a bit. Cause that does sound like actually a fucking lot of effort. If I'm having to eat like pig trotter just to have some fucking pork loin now I'm out, that's, that doesn't seem worth it. Like maybe and chicken as well, but like what part of a chicken's edible apart from the breast and the legs, like you eating chicken fucking beak. Like, I don't know. Like, Nah, well, I have to make it into a soup. I don't know. <laughs> nah, I'm out. I'm 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 trying. I'm trying vegan for for the first year. I'm definitely just trying it out of pure curiosity, apart from anything else. Like if if I have to go over those hurdles, so. But you know, I I can imagine it'll be something where you know it's like Sky TV back in the day. Like, well, what exclusives do they actually have? Like, I might not want Sky every year, but maybe you know Game of Thrones pre season five's on, and you know it's it's worth getting. So nah. I'm uh, okay. I'm I'm gonna say no. I'll start vegan and then I'll renew my subscription as and when I'm really craving some meat. Possibly. What do you think you would renew first? See again, I would say chicken, but then when you actually think about what a chicken is, it's very like cartilagey, and you can't actually really yeah. eat that much of a chicken bar the breast and the legs. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess cow has the most like edible bits. You have like rump. You have like fucking calves, stomach. I don't know. Like. I don't know. They're probably all shit once you get down to the really whack parts <laughs> of the body, aren't they? So any eyeballs yeah. probably not going to be overly fun. You probably go chicken just because it's the smallest animal. Like mm. you just fucking you sit down. In fact, I would do chicken. I do. I'd say I'm just going to eat chicken for the year. Sit down. Just eat the entirety of a small chicken. I'm assuming I don't have to eat the bones, right? Just like things that no, are not edible. really. It has to be edible. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'll just I'll eat a chicken. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Thorin? Right, first and foremost, I would definitely do whatever this is because there's no way I'm just eating vegetables. I actually hate vegetables. I think they're fucking garbage. And all you need to know is I loved it when a few years ago I sort of accidentally backed into some information that actually implied maybe eating vegetables actually isn't good for humans and there's very few you actually do need to eat because essentially they, can, they actually do potentially cause a lot of like digestive issues and things to do with like um, things in your body you don't want because what people don't understand is when something like a cow eats the grass, the cow has like 50 stomachs or whatever the fuck and all like essentially like, a human doesn't have the, the parts to process the so the joke is, if people haven't figured it out, that's the whole point of the cow. The cow eats the grass for me, and then I eat the good part of the grass through the cow's muscle and fucking organs. So, and then lastly, the problem is, I was playing fucking stum, keeping quiet, letting you all talk, and 
Foxtrop, like in, in a court of law, has made the classic mistake. He's given me the precedent. And it's easy now, because since when you made the crack about the beak of the chicken, he went, what, grind it down? If I can grind it down, it's game over. I'm picking a cow or a, or a pig. And here's why, Foxtrop, because, spoiler, I'm really going to blow your mind now. Have you ever eaten a hot dog or a fucking burger from some shit all? That is all the arsehole of the eyes, mate. The whole point is, all the nice cuts, that's already gone to, into the fucking butcher's shop. You bought that as a ribeye, sausages. You know, even like the other parts, that's all the other bits over there. So all the bits that's left, like it's arsehole, literally, it's ears and that. That's all what's ground down into your hot dog. So I can easy eat it if it's a hot dog, mate. The funniest thing about a hot dog is it actually shows you how abstraction is the key to the human mind. Like, if you just don't directly connect something to what it is, you, it's like any symbol, you can just take it differently. So like, I can eat a hot dog, even though I know, like if I really think about it, why would I ever eat this? Like, it's the worst possible part, but it is easy, like, especially if you're in the UK, like pies, hot dogs, it's, it's, it's just full of shit. They're really bad. But as long as it's delicious, who cares, right? That's what you think. So, okay, fair enough. If I'm uh, allowed to do that, I definitely do. And I'm taking the two classics. Right, that's, yeah. like, that's acceptable. This is, this is just a curiosity one now. If you weren't able to put it all in a hot dog and you had to eat like... I just you know, Here's the thing. The problem and... is, again... Maybe Rich is okay with this. Maybe he likes falafel or some other ethnic shite that I don't eat. But the problem is, the alternative is just eat fucking vegetables for all the rest of my life, Fox drops. So, you know what? Here's what I would do. I would just think of it, like, responsibly. I'd obviously, like, I'd have the one week of suffering where I'm eating the trotters in the eyes and the arsehole. But then I'd, I'd, I'd sandwich it with an awesome week eating all the entrecote and then the ribeye afterwards and some sausages. And, I'd, you know, I'd just get through it. It's like anything in life, you know, you get the bad part of the way, then you get to have and enjoy it, don't yeah, <laughs> I'm, I, there is an image in my head. Oh my goodness, it's from one of the Resident Evil games. Okay, uh, I'm gonna try and find it and I'm gonna put it in the Discord. Unfortunately, for you viewers watching it, you're not gonna be able to see this. Here we go. One of the I don't even know if this is recent anymore. One of the what is this? Resident Evil Seven. If you've played okay. Resident Evil 7, you know what this is. You come into a, a, a family's house and the family's all fucked up and they're eating really gross things. This is this okay. image here is what I imagine Thorin's week of, there you go. of, of, exactly. of pain is going to be like. I don't know, quite know which one he is in that picture, but he'll be one of those one of those three and just really enjoying um, his... Just get through it. Just Although, by the way, as a random aside, just because obviously different cultures are different in that sense. If people don't know, like I know, like for example, African American people do eat the pig strotters, as far as I know, they actually do cook that. Mm. And I know there's places like in Africa that eat like the neck of the chicken and weird aspects of that. So, as far as I know, actually different places in the world, some of them do use pretty much all the animal. It's just obviously we don't have those dishes, do we? You're not a, not I, a fan of uh, the case, thankfully, you know. Not a fan <laughs> of corn then with a Q. None of that mm. replacement meat shit. Corn. I'm a fan of corn with a K in the backwards. Are, but you know, that's just a base <laughs> answer, isn't it? So don't worry about that. I just like my base, you know. I'm incredibly based actually, even tuned down in that case. What about you, Fox? So, metaphor there. Ooh, I actually, oh gosh, damn it. Why are you always turning these against me? I don't actually know what my answer would be to this. Would I do it? I'd probably you eat be much very vegetables similar. Level, though. Are you okay? Yeah, I, like, I do, I do, I like my fruit and okay. veg, but it's like. Because by the way, the funny one goes, yeah, but what about like chips? Like that is covered with so much oil and shit. Like it may as well not be vegetables at that point. They found a way yeah. to make it unhealthy. That's why I like it. So don't worry about that. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably count. do something similar to, to Rich. I'd probably go without for a bit and see how it was. See if I got got along with it. Okay. And then, yeah, see if I could up the, yeah, if I could, if I could survive for, for that long. I think, you know, veganism's come a long way to be fair. And I, I can, yeah, maybe. I don't know. 
have to see how it goes. I would also just say, like, despite what Thorin said earlier, that is what one of the very few times where I turn into a Twitter nephew and be like, I'm going to need a source on that vegetable info. Like, do eat your vegetables, <laughs> oh, kids. No, I'm really not it. sure about that it. one. Nah, instinctively, you know it's not the right thing. That's why as a kid, you're like, no, no, I don't want that. So, That's why that's why ice cream's healthy as well. <laughs> yeah, you just exactly know. Is. You just know. Listen, yeah. in the right dosage. <laughs> oh, gosh. Right, let's move on to some esports, shall we? Uh, we got some awards to hand out, obviously. It's our awards show. And as I mentioned, not just for summer splits, but for the entire season, seeing as the regular season has, well, and playoffs has uh, has come to an end here in NEC, just waiting on Worlds to come around to watch the European teams disappoint us one last time this year. Let's start with some positives, shall we? Well, actually, this could be a negative as well. Um, the most surprising team from this year, both obviously from summer split and throughout the entirety of the year, which team for a good better or for worse uh, has, has been the most surprising. Either they have been terrible when they, you thought they wouldn't be, or they've been great when you thought they wouldn't be. Who has surprised you the most Thorin, Hit me up. Do I do separately like split and season? Yes, yes, yes. Right. Yes. Well, funny thing is for this one, it's the same team, isn't it? Isn't it just vitality? Because to me, like, this is one thing I find so whack. So remember, in the first split before they had upset, they did, like, really well in the BO1s, then they flunked it in the uh, the BO3s. Then in the second split, they did really well in the, BO, in the BO1s and the BO3s, and then they went, flunked it in the best of fives. And then the third split, they flunked it completely. So everyone forgets this, which is, for the third split, people act like it was obvious they were going to cut. Like, What? Dude, they were third in the in the spring split. Like worst case scenario, you thought they'd be like a top four team or something. So to me, the way they ended was so terrible. And then if you look at the entire season, obviously they never. I mean, they came third once. That's all right. But if you look on paper, this team, most people thought they should be contented with G two. So I think collectively, because they, they they should have been so high, and overall they never got there. For me, they have to be the worst for both the split because they were terrible in the summer one and for the whole season. Like I'm going with that angle, like that they should have been way better, but they were just dog shit for some reason. What about you then, Rich? Who's most surprising for you? Yeah, I would not go with Vitality just because even though obviously like player for player, they definitely underperformed and there was always that narrative going through the season, which I fully subscribe to, which is like, if a team manages to get it together and fire on all cylinders, who has the highest ceiling? And in my opinion, that was Vitality. But by the same token, I would say I'm not as surprised as a couple of other scenarios just because I did think compositionally mainly in terms of personality aside from anything else i thought vitality was a horribly constructed team so i'm actually going to say for the split it's excel because excel before winter had a very good team on paper kind of like vitality like player for player like they should have been top three for sure no doubt and they were horrendous but by the time summer came around they had much worse pieces in theory but for obviously the vast majority of summer looked awesome. Looked like they were probably going to make worlds. They made the final. Like that had to be the biggest shock of summer. Like that had to be for me the biggest shock of summer. Um, and then um, taking something that Thorin said before in terms of like over the course of the season, for me, the most surprising team, I'll actually say is BDS. Because that is, as I said, to quote Thorin, kind of like an ERL team, like that finds themselves in LEC. And then suddenly they randomly have shitloads of upside in spring. They make a final. They were one game away from uh, beating Fnatic, remember, in summer to then be in the picture to maybe make the final again. And that is mental. When you look at the start of the season to say BDS will make one final 
and then come close to sort of doing another run to a final sort of one game away. That I think is And they go to Worlds. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and they made Worlds. Yeah. Over the course of the season, I think they're probably the biggest surprise. Vitality, I think once something starts to crash and burn, it continuing to crash and burn for me sort of so- somewhat dilutes it. If if I'm going like purely off, I don't know, winter, for example, then probably Vitality, I guess. Or well, XL maybe as well, like between those two. But yeah, I'll say XL for summer for sure. And then I think BDS edge out Vitality over the, the course of the season. So I'll, I'll, say, I'll say them. For me, I'm, I'm most surprising team is is XL. Um, BDS is, is a close second, I would say. Well, not close second, but I said, yeah, they're, they're all three good choices. But for me, it's XL because even even going out and picking up big names in the in the off season is surprising for XL. Like this is a team that pretty much um, always ran sort of budget teams or, or you know ascribed to the to the to the rookie theories. But picking up Oduamne was. Uh, surprising in and of itself and then you know Vateo was coming off his MVP season or recently had his MVP season you know Targamas was really hyped as well this is a really big team coming into winter completely failed one and eight in spring two and seven completely failed again and then exactly as Rich said kind of when all your expectations for them had gone they actually stepped up and looked really good in in summer and then massively shat the bed again in playoffs, so like, this is a team we were expecting to make worlds. Like our, our predictions were that they would be one of the one of the top three teams in Europe coming into summer playoffs. But yeah, for me, that's uh, that's the most surprising team. But quite a few surprises actually, and I do think BDS making worlds is in and of itself shocking. XL did also kind of do the trifecta of like they surprised you at the start by being god fucking awful and coming tenth and mm-hmm. doing it again, then. They surprised you by changing players to worse players and massively overperforming expectation. And then in the same split, then reversed it again and fell short of expectations. So they kind of like, in theory, surprised us three times, three separate times, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a whiplash of surprises from XL. Let's move on to our next award, the best roster move. This isn't of the summer split, just for the entirety of the year. Which roster move do you think uh, had the best impact on their team? I'm confused. Does this actually mean like it can be from the off season of last year coming into this year? Yeah, yeah. The, be- the best year? signing for, for right. the season, yeah, as okay. a whole. Yeah, but yeah. we can. It also counts for, you know, if someone joined in, yeah. like Fethiel joining yeah. Eric or whatever, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. So what do you think, Rich? Who was the best roster move? I think this is like a, a really weird or like a trick, kind of a tricky one to pin down because you could go for like G2 players, but can you really single out any G2 individual and say that is like the roster move? Like it's almost like a, a value proposition thing where you could say like Han Summer, but with Han Summer, it's like there are so many good AD carries in LEC, I think they would have won anyway with like most of the AD carries that are in LEC or even a couple that are out of LEC. So for me, I think I'm actually probably going to go with a slightly odd one maybe, which is Kazi. And the reason I'm going to say Kazi is I think that it was kind of a ballsy move to do in a sense because Kazi was like quite good but very flawed when he was first on MAD. Then he had a horrendous spell and then for Mac slash the Mad team to have the balls to like bring him back in that kind of scenario, it was kind of. Weird. I mean, I was criticizing. I thought this is stupid. Like, there's so much good AD carry talent in Europe. Kazi looked 
bloody awful. Like you can make a case to say he was the worst AD carry for a spell in Europe. So for me to like bring him in and for him to actually be your best piece, I would say like during the course of the season, I think that showed good like GMing and coaching acumen to do that. So I think that is probably the 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 pickup I'm most impressed with that they've made the decision and how well it went in that sense. There's definitely shouts for like other people, but it didn't really go. Like you could say like Photon, for example, because for a period of time, he was like the de facto best top laner. But what did that really get you? Like, do you look back and say, wow, what a great move for Vitality? It's like, hang on, what did Vitality do? So it's kind of a weird one, like how you want to frame it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I'd probably go for Kazi, even though obviously you could say any player on G2 and have some kind of argument. But to me, they... They made too many good signings to have the best signing, if that makes sense. What about you, Thorin? Who's the best roster move of this year? Despite everything Mitch just said, I'm going to say it's Mickey X to G2 because the difference is if I think of any other player move, I don't think any other one had as big an impact. Like, if, if I think, take anyone else, just have, have Mickey X not go to that team. He can pick where he goes, put any other support player there. They would almost certainly not only be worse, but I actually think they'd be beatable. Like, they probably wouldn't have won as many splits. It wouldn't be the, like, number one dominant team. If you see, like, I thought in the first split he was the best anyway. And then the last split, like, the joke is he almost, like, single-handedly warped the whole fucking meta of the league. Like, no one could do the shit that they were doing. Like, you saw... This happened a bunch of times in the year. Other teams tried drafting like the same bot lane combos that G2 did and it just didn't work or they looked shit in comparison. And by the end, people just stopped even trying. So to me, he's like the best player. Spoiler, I've preempted that already. But mm. so to me, I think actually bringing him back, it's funny now they get to look like geniuses. The real joke to me is, why the fuck did they ever let him go two years ago? Like that was another mm. one of those ones, the same with the Wonder one, where it's like, I don't... I still don't really know why they sort of shed these players, unless internally they just, I mean, as far as I know, I, actually, I've answered my own question. As far as I know, it's that stupid thing where they wouldn't re-sign since they were going to be a free agent. That's not how G2 does it. Like, you stay in the team if you sign beforehand so they don't have to worry about all the off-season shit. But yeah, anyway, for me, it's Mickey X. I think it's I've got, I've got a little bit of insight for you on that as well, by the way, Thorin. I have this on a very good authority, and it's, it's again, it's nothing new, but you would hope that a team like G2 would be immune to this. And maybe with Carlos, they were, I don't know. But I know that at least in the post-Carlos era, they have bought into, and by the way, spoiler alert, watch out for this going forward. They fully believe in that you have to change at, one, at least one player every split. And then it just so happened, as you said, with like, you know, how Wanda was probably going to leave and definitely should have left mm -hmm. it in their opinion or whatever. Like that, they're going to make changes whether they make sense on paper or not. Like, at least one of them. That's guaranteed because they fully subscribe to that idea that you can't just keep it the same. Something has to change. You have to keep people motivated, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, as I said, watch out this offseason. There's going to be a banger move on G2 coming. So, yeah, stupid, but Ooh. it's what it is. My answer for this one is also Mickey X, just because I think he was... He's... Yeah, he's amazing. He's 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 been brilliant on G two. He was good on XL as well. And yeah, you just—it's funny. I'm completely parroting what what Thorin says, but I just don't get why they had that kind of why <laughs> why did they even bother to get rid of him in the first? I mean, he he wasn't washed or anything like that. I mean, I guess he had his moments where he was. It just yeah, maybe it's because like you say, Rich, they just want to change things up. I don't know, but for me, it's Mickey X. I think he's uh, he's been phenomenal uh this this season and uh has since he's a new member he gets this title for me let's move on from the best roster move to the best rookie not from the summer split for the whole year who's the fresh face that's come in 
and done the best. Can't remember who I went to first last time. Me. So then it's Doran's turn. Doran. Who's I think this one seems like a pretty obvious one. It's probably Yike from G2, isn't it? Like, the the pre, the main problem is there's almost no other candidate that even played, like, all the splits or was good in the splits. Like, for example, the Noah guy only played in summer. Like, some of the other people, like, some of the Vitality players were good in the first split or were second or whatever. So the problem is the Yike guy's aggregate performance over all the splits is probably the best. And I do actually think, even though I think he was absurdly overrated in the first split, the winter one, I think actually he split on split improved. And by the end, he looked pretty good like by the end of the season he did look like a top jungler in the lec so fair player rich best rookie i'm gonna go with photon and the reason is i think again it's like i think you have to contextualize the situation which is that vitality was a shit show but he was for chunks of time admittedly not throughout the whole season but for big chunks of time photon was by far and away the best in class in his role yike was in a pixel-perfect situation for him to come into, and I believe a lot of other players could have done what Yike did. I don't think... Any, but just by the nature of the role and how much of an island top lane is in Europe, for example, I don't think anyone, by definition, could have done what Photon did. I think you saw what happened when it was mano a mano with Photon versus every other top in the region. So for me, he showed the highest level of play versus his position in the league. Um, even though, as I said, obviously he had that bad series against Chasey, which should be held against him, of course, when judging these kind of things. And he wasn't always like as good as his peak level. But I do actually think he was the best rookie. I think if you, I think there's a bunch of different junglers you could put on G2 and the results wouldn't be meaningfully different. Let's put it that way. I think that top lane and just vitality, if it's even possible, just implodes even further if you take photon's performance out of it and the only reason it wouldn't would just be random shit like all oh, the language barrier but whatever that's not that's not on him is it he's playing fucking top lane so yeah i, I i'd actually say photon for that one but yeah yikes a shout as well for sure what about thoughts on on Shayo? no Shayo was awful in uh summer regular season and in at least like a couple of series he was just actually just reverted to being super bad um and i think like bds even though bds aren't like a bad team or whatever i do think spring is like a moment in time when they caught fire i think the coaching staff did a great job with drafting i think they had a, like a very 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 strong identity of how they wanted to play the game and other teams basically were just bad which allowed for bds to emerge in some ways and they didn't have identities and bds had the best understanding of macro for that meta at that moment in time and Shio was definitely a part of that but I don't think he would be third I guess but a distant third for me because again if you compare him to like Photon and his level of performance as a top laner compare Shio to I mean you can count that like Yike was a better jungler overall for the split Yankos was a better jungler overall for the split. Razork, or sorry for the season, Razork, you could say, was a better jungler. Certainly higher ceiling and peaks than Shio for the split. Like, I think there's a bunch of guys in his role who are better. So, no, for me, I'd probably put him third. All the people who, by the way, vote for Peach, I mean, lose your right yeah. to vote, by the way, immediately. Have that stripped away. Some people had him a second. I think someone might even have had him first. I can't remember, but some people definitely had him second. Some people had so. him top three, I remember. Wild. For me, I'm. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to tear away from from Yike on this one. I think as rookie, but 
it's it's very difficult to judge. I think Jungle Roll as a whole is difficult to judge compared to uh, the rest of your team. And uh, G2 obviously never looked like the best team across the entirety of the year. So, uh, yeah, Yarek's done a pretty good job, though. And as, as Soren said, I think I think for me, his improvement over the splits has been quite noticeable. And that's uh, that's been impressive. Let's move on then from the best rookie to the unsung hero of the LEC. I guess uh, Thorin won't be voting for Shao on this one. Tell me uh, your summer split unsung hero and then across the entirety of the year who you think has been the unsung hero. Uh, go on then, Rich. Tell me what you're thinking. Uh, this one's really hard, actually. I'm actually re <clears throat> really not sure on either. I'm leaning towards Limit for summer, maybe. The thing is, I don't think Limit's that good, but I think... He came in and did a very solid job, uh, like basically filled in the gap he needed to fill. I do think Targamas was horrendous on XL. So it was kind of like addition by subtraction more than just, wow, look at Limit, isn't he good? I do think a lot of people made the mistake of just thinking that Limit was really good at the game. Like that was definitely a broadcast narrative. Like every fucking cast was like talking about how amazing Limit was playing. I'm like, is he? Or is it now that they're just not losing lane every fucking game like they were with Targamas and he is like semi-decent on, you know, most of the meta engaged champs like Relum, Rakan, etc. So, but I'm, I'm not really sure who else I'd go for. The problem is like the normal kind of candidates basically played like no series play. Like Jonghoon, for example, Astralis didn't really play many best of threes during the time like at all. Um, like for summer, I'm definitely going limit. I don't think there's really another candidate. The only other person actually I'd throw uh, throw their name in again, disclaimer. I do represent them. It would be Labrov because I think when BDS fell apart at the begin or took a big dive from spring finals form to the start of summer, Crowny was playing like shit. Shio was playing like shit. Adam was Adam, but maybe even more chaotic than usual. And Nuke somewhat reverted back to his norm, let's say. And Labrov was what was holding that team up and got them into GSL. So it would be between Labrov and Limit. I'll say Limit um, for summer. And then during the course of the, the season, I'm not... That's a tricky one. That is a really tricky one. I'm actually not sure who I would go... Oh, oh no. Do you know who I'll go for? I'll go for Larson. I'll say Larson. Imagine if you took Larson off that team, how fucking bad it would have been. Like, and how bad it already was already, right? Like, he was... And the thing is, the difference between, like, him and Yankos, for example, is that people were talking a lot about Yankos and how he was, like, hard carrying and getting the team wins or whatever. People weren't really talking about Larson and, like, how he was still playing at a really high level, even though his team was dog. So I'll say Larson for the season. Yeah, definitely. What about you then? Okay. Who's your right. unsung hero? For summer, for the split, I'm going to say Trimby. And the reason why I'm going to say that is because everyone can't have their cake and eat it. People do this thing where when a team gets good, they just individually give everyone credits. Like, no, here's what you all did during the split. In the in the regular portion, everyone raved about the Noah guy when he was like deathless and he's a brand new player and a rookie. Like, wow, replacing reckless. Then for like about the split and a half, people were going on about the Oscar and didn't guy and about who's carrying the mm -hmm. top. And essentially, I actually think the reason he's unsung for Trimby is I don't think he actually like smurfed that much as a player. Like he had some good games. He had some that were a bit dodgy. But I just think like the unsung part is 
it really was just like his champion pool and stuff like that and like his mind for like trying different stuff out that I thought gave an extra dimension to Fnatic because you saw by the end like they weren't a super deep team quite frankly even though some of the players were good so bearing in mind he played like absolute shit for the rest of the year I actually thought he kind of did have a, a sort of sleeper impact on Fnatic and then for the season I'm going to say my cheat because it didn't say player so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say either the BDS coaching staff or I suspect it's specifically Striker the former Carmine co coach because if you look at the roles I suspect they're doing it Korean style and they get to one guy it's like the general coach who does the practices and Striker is like the draft coach or something but basically I already I always thought the Carmine top cop teams everyone talks against the org like, I thought it was this guy personally if you go look at all the teams he had over the years, he made them all winners. And they all essentially, like even that reckless one, which was dog shit in the regular mm. ERLs, if no one remembers. By the time they would get to EU Masters, he could make even them win, mate. Like he actually just seemed like he was a very good coach with all pieces. And if I look at BDS this year, this team on paper had no business being as good as they were. The idea they almost won the championship is ridiculous. I just think like he did an awesome job. So it looked to me like, again, everyone complimented this team on macro elements in the, in the game yeah. and knowing what they were doing and having decent vision control. It's like, I don't think that comes from the players. Like, certainly Crownshot knows how to play around himself. He did that in all his other teams. Some of the others are just fucking rookies. And even though it's not like I think it was a master plan, in a way, it has ended up being genius to keep Adam in the specific sense that, like, somehow his weaknesses can be made to, like, make the rest of the team work in a fucked up way. Like, I think Monty said it best. Like, the joke is, him always just pushing lane, even though it doesn't make sense, just essentially gives you, like, free, like fucking you just it's just a magnet drawing the jungler away from crown shots lane so you just get to actually farm up your adc so inadvertently but i suspect eventually consciously they'd sort of cracked the formula for that team so again i just think they got way more out of those players than they had any business doing it seemed to work uh for me i'm uh, well I, I would have said larson across the uh season because again i know we talk about him a lot to be honest but that's it feels like that's oh, because no one ever talks about him it's mad in <laughs> yeah. it i know yeah but like, again again like year deal. the look go look at i couldn't believe it because I, I even made a point of it hope it's silly me thinking that maybe it would have some kind of you know rippling effect or impact whatsoever but even after i made the tweet after spring saying how mental is it that larson received like the eighth most votes for mid or whatever in summer, he got the seventh or the eighth or whatever it was again. I couldn't believe it. Like, you're really telling me this guy, if that, the, these people, by the way, who obviously should not be representative of what, you know, the masses think or whatever, but have been given the vote, they probably do in some respects echo what, you know, other people in the community or whatever feel. And if Larson is deemed the seventh best mid laner in Europe, I mean, he has to be the most underappreciated player of all fucking time in the league. No, like, it's mental. Oh, yes. Easy. Yeah, I think the fact that he was handed out a big contract shows that, firstly, there's there's two things. Firstly, Koi believing him and want him to be their mid laner for, for extended time. And that is a, that is an organization with aspirations of, of success and not a bottom-feeding team by any means. So, you know, Lars is a good person to, to lock up for that reason. And secondly, maybe from a more cynical standpoint, like, the reason I would do that is because I believe he has value. So if they do come to like, they have his rights essentially to then sell him on and buyouts, whatever, like it's just a business move to lock him down. You wouldn't do that to someone that you think doesn't have value and that is going to just, you know, be a paycheck. Oh, definitely for makes sense for years, Coy. So. Obviously the joke is it doesn't really make sense for Larson, I would imagine. <laughs> definitely not now. Why the fuck? And by the way, if, 
on the off chance you're listening, Larson, why the fuck are you signing this early, mate? You're a free agent. You've just signed a four-year deal. Like, by the way, nah, I'm not going to say it, actually. But whatever, like, you would have been one of the most sought-after free agents, oh, like, for sure, like, in the last however many years in the region. At Dude, least... The most obvious one I was thinking of the whole time before he signed was, like, mate, surely Fnatic's just knocking on your door at the fucking end of this yeah. match, you know, like... Everyone, not G2. For... Yeah, big, big teams, surely. Maybe, maybe in BDS and all the rest of it. Whoever basically is a contender, that's the piece in it. You had that piece, you're right there. And maybe even G2, by the way. Not Spoiler impossible. alert. So, yeah, it like to me, it is mental that he signed this early. Like, absolutely mental. And this guy, like, talks about how he doesn't have an agent. Probably should have had one for this one, mate, because that is a howler. Like, even if you end up re-signing with them, like, why the fuck would you sign this early? Just wait until off-season so you can talk to everyone. Because, again... By the way, when players sign early like this, it's usually based on management telling them, for example, like what roster they're guaranteed to have and the players they're going to get. And Ibai, as everyone knows, has been like publicly courting El Yoya and stuff like that. You are not guaranteed to get that player. I know for a fact you are not guaranteed to get th th that player. Whatever the player is saying about whether they may go or not, nothing is should be believed until it's in fucking ink and that ink is dried. So these players that you think you're going to get put with I hope you do, mate, because uh, otherwise you're in fucking purgatory for the next four years of your life. And also signing a team that's publicly got massive financial issues, which are yet to be rectified, like bonkers, but whatever. Save that one for, a, for another day. All right, let's move on then to our next, uh, our next award from the unsung hero to the leader award. Uh, which is interesting because he's actually in the league now. So the joke yeah. is, leader's almost is, actually ruining the name of the award, isn't he? Yeah. He's actually he like a pretty good, and he's even fairly reliable player now. Like, yeah. we all know what it means. We all know. What he it can't means. even win an award, name yeah. No, the joke is he can't. He actually can't. It's too good. <laughs> can, but but like, to be, good. Yeah. To be fair, that's not a bad thing considering oh, the leader right. award is. Uh, yeah, essentially, someone who came in with high expectations that uh, kind of fell flat on their face. Uh, we'll do for the split and the season here. So for summer and for the entire year. Thorin, who gets the leader award for you? Let me think. All right, since it's just for me, I don't have to give a fuck what all you think. For the split, are you ready? I'll, I'll just, I'll, this is why I'll always be box office. For the split, I'll say upset. Because Ooh. here's the thing, I thought he was far and away the best player at ADC. And I, I would have probably said one of the best players in the LEC after the spring split. So he was underwhelming in the split overall. Like, I didn't, like, look, it wasn't his fault necessarily, but he didn't play great himself. And he definitely didn't 1v9 the games, I'll tell you that. This wasn't like Fnatic last year. And then for the overall season, I'm going to actually say another right side. It's got to be Bo. Because he came in with the hype that he could... I mean, it's probably still plausible, by the way. I imagine some team will keep using him. If not Vitality, someone else will. Like, the, the guy's talent does seem immense. But, man, it was so bad by the end. I know there's other factors. Like, yeah, but it's like... But at the end of the day, it was just bad play. Like, it looked really fucking bad. Some of the... Like, <laughs> the joke was at the end, it, even if you had to kill or a lead, it didn't matter. It was gonna, you were going to lose somehow. Like, it was, it, was, it was really, really bad. But I do think, actually... There's not that many people were super hyped, and he was hyped a lot, not only by me and other people, but a lot of people had him very hyped. Yeah. That seems like quite an obvious answer for the, for the year, to be honest. Not just hyped, but, like, this guy's a prodigy. He's he's one of the best talents in the world. Um, yeah, so, Rich, who are, your, who are your leader awards for the split in the year? Yeah, the year is easy. It's definitely Bo. And by the way, even given that, I am still not off the Bo hype train. I, I, by the way, based on what um, 
I've heard and like Gilly has said on like Euroleague, for example, that um, when Bo was being like very successful in China, obviously he had like Doinby as his mid lane. He basically said that when he was playing with Doinby, that Doinby like micromanaged him and did everything for okay. him or whatever. I am now all in on my idea that Bo needs to roll swap to AD carry and he needs to just <laughs> fucking dump. Like seriously, this guy's hands are the best in the league for sure. And there's no like particularly speculative element here like if you're a jungler smurfing in solo queue or something then there needs context like most roles there needs context if you're playing ad carry which is the most plug and play role in the game and you are can get rank one whenever you want by playing off role ad carry in the us you're going to be a top player in the league with those hands for sure like i think you should just roll swap and play ad carry but yeah for the season it's definitely bow um for the split oh for the split I I want to say something controversial, but I don't I don't know if that's gonna. Well then, I'll say Noah. Fuck it, it's Noah, and it, it, I'm kind of cheating slightly, but I'll say this: it, he did come in with hype because of how he performed in EMEA, and then after regular season as well, people were so on this guy's dick, and he is such. He's not a bad player, don't get me wrong, but he is such a KDA player and his level dipped so much in a bunch of those series, it was unreal. So for me, like the peak level of hype that was reached versus what a big chunk, chunk of his performances were, I think it's Noah. I think that guy is so fucking overrated. I think he's still quite good, but I don't think he's special at all. And again, for me, speaking of like all the AD talent, uh, ADC talent in Europe, where would I even place him? Like he's not he's not better than Patrick. He's not better than Hans. He's not better than Kazi. He's not and then all the other ones are like arguable, right? Like, is he better than Exekick? Like I, if I was building a team, I'd rather have Exekick, for sure. Especially, of course, because of the language. That's cheating a little bit, I guess. But like to me, he is mega overrated versus what I actually the end the full end product that I got. So yeah, I'll say I'll say Noah actually. All right. Some controversial ones there for the summer split, but I think all in all, it does kind of have to be Bo, doesn't it, for the for the year? Which is, it is unfortunate because like I was so he he was exciting, you know, like as a prospect coming in, like just the the kind of the idea of Bo was very romanticized, and I was looking forward to seeing what he could do. But unfortunately, him and to be honest, the entirety of Vitality was thoroughly underwhelming and did not live up to any of the hype that's... wait fox what did you say for summer did you give one for summer no i didn't give one for summer but this is it i'm just i'm not really 100 percent sure on my answer to be honest my gut is leans me more towards someone from vitality and from that considering the um considering the nature of the award upset kind of sh like does come I mean, out I can me tell a little you bit that no one's thinking of this is just from the community it's like if everyone's going to flame me for that Nook tweet, surely Nook should be in the category for this. Like, went from, like, almost won the LEC to, like, fucking nothing. He was a nobody in the summer. Like, I don't... Personally, I never thought he was good, but everyone was using it as a way to dunk on me. Like, well, how's he in the final then if he's not that good? Like, give me a break. But their argument <laughs> would be he's, like, biggest dipper, right? Rather than... Oh, right, I see yeah, mean. I think. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we will get we will get to that moving, uh, moving on here. Um, and let's get closer to it, shall we? So we'll move on from from uh, the leader award to the to the opposite sort of the most improved player of the split and the season. This one's pretty self-explanatory. Who came into this year being a bit of a, a bit of a git among the pigeons and ended up as uh, as as the alpha pigeon? 
Uh, Rich, who's your most, who's your MIP, your most improved player? I think there's a couple of potential candidates. Um, you could say one, one, three, but it's like, how good did he really get? I mean, I would, I think probably I'm going to say VTO because VTO was complete trash for the most part on XL. And from summer is your most improved or for the season? Well, it, yeah, for summer, because, um, yeah, obviously pr before summer, like when he was on XL for a split and a half or whatever, um, I think on Heretics, he markedly improved. Um, yeah, I'm not sure there's too many other candidates that I would put. I think, sadly, a lot of people went more in the other direction um, than... Yeah, then improved. You could also, by the way, although he's de he's not a contender, but I do think Broken Blade took a big step up in summer for sure versus the level he was showing before summer. Um, but no, I think I think it would have to be. Yeah, I think it has to be uh, Mr. Vito. I think that's a clear winner for me, probably. Okay, Vito is the most. What and so for the whole, the whole probably year, both. Yeah, like because over yeah. the course over the course of the season as a whole, um, you could yeah. also say you could kind of say leader in the sense of what we'd seen of leader in LEC before this year, and then mm -hmm. leader coming into the, he'd be the other one that you can make a case for for the season, I think. Um, and with Vito, I guess maybe it's a bit different because Vito showed a very high level of play at one point and then dipped and now has returned. So leaders more it's a cleaner answer maybe but no i think vto because vto was in the fucking dregs and then got to a decent level again so yeah i'll say vto all right you thorn who's nah, your, i'll say who's leader i'll say leader actually because okay. <laughs> i just think for a historical context it would like, if you just saw all the awards from like the different splits it would just look really weird to see like vto's name because like wait a minute mvp and then wait he's most imp most improved over the course of the following season what and yeah, I when you frame it like that, that it doesn't bad. really make <laughs> sense. He basically had a bad half season. And then, yeah, I'll say leader because he hadn't really shown his the best of himself until this year over any kind of... That's why time. I'm not picking Vetio though. Vetio, depending yeah. on which, where you're from. Because I'm going to go with the logic that, like, I already thought Vetio was good. So, like, the idea he was shit and then got back to yeah. being not even as good, that's not really that crazy yeah. to me. Whereas I'll just say it straight up. This is how I will always be amazing at backhanded compliments. So get ready. In fact, I'm like Djokovic. I've got that double-handed backhand <laughs> with power. So you ready? Even though I'm going to sort of big him up, I'm going to diss him in doing so. I actually think for the whole season, it's got to be Kazi because... I don't think he's ever played this well in his whole fucking career. Like, he had the one year when he first came in, but that was the online year, and it was a totally different team, and they had a totally different setup of players. This year, unironically, like, from the beginning, especially by the end, he's actually been really good. He's gotten, like, better and better and better every split. And he actually, even, he was even really good. He was actually probably the best player when they were shit in the summer. So I think this guy was mega. And the difference is, in the past, I have thought he was always mega overrated. And when he was in Vitality, I thought he was a bomb. I'm glad they kicked him out. So I, I'm props to him. I actually thought it was great. And then for the split for summer it's going to be a bit off the off the kilter here i'm actually going to say razork from fanatic uh, because yeah. i don't remember him being that good in the other splits like Fnatic was obviously a bit whatever he was okay and i never thought he was the worst piece but he was a piece that was like out of shit i thought he looked really fucking good in the summer like for me if it, like if 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 they'd have had this lineup at the beginning of the year, he would be like contender for best jungler. He looked really good. Like everything was awesome. And that's despite the fact he still has no fucking synergy with his mid laner. So there's my two. There you go. 
I finally have an answer that isn't the same as what you guys have said. For me, my most right. improved is Limit. Um, because I think Limit coming into this year... Um, ah, shit, that's a great shout, actually. That has to be I, the answer. He was so bad when he was last in LEC. Right. He's, he's for okay. me, and as someone that also cast, uh, you know, like uh, EU Masters and whatever, and like pay attention to regional leagues, I'd, I'd seen a bit of Limit, and he'd always been like, whatever, meh, like he, nothing nothing too special in, in regional leagues. Um, and then he gets called the called up to you know, to LEC for different reasons because he was playing on like um, SK's sister team, SK Prime, whatever it was, and they yeah. need support, so they bring him up and then Schalke and, and whatever. And it's like, he always came up and it was like, God, they're really, they're trying to really try to mix something up, right? And he was just, honestly, I just don't, he just didn't look LEC level at all, in my opinion. I just really didn't rate him at all. Um but then he kept getting this and this was like 2021 we're talking about here we're two years into the future he still kept getting jobs it was on bds didn't look good there either in my opinion no, rubbish. Um, and then yeah it gets on excel and you know obviously uh, we know the story of excel and i just think that limit was uh was a good good part of of excel he was honestly good he was he was very solid here. Uh, no, I'm changing my answer for summer to limit. It's definitely limit. He was terrible on BDS, like really bad. So yeah, he went from like a three to a seven, I think. There you go. So I've never really rated him, but this year I think, and especially this split, he's been he's been pretty solid. So limit, well done. You're the most my most improved player. Let's move on. Um, we're going away from the players to uh to the to the casters now. Or the broadcast talent over the course of this year who has been your least annoying because we all know casters as a whole are inherently very annoying in yeah, the joke is it would just take too much time if we worked from the opposite end of the equation exactly of too many course. candidates yeah I, I should know you know obviously so who is your least annoying broadcast talent for 2023 the most esteemed prestigious awards here on this <sighs> list and, and the highest of compliments for any caster. I find you the least annoying. Who do you deem worthy of this one, Thorin? Who's it going to be? Right. Normally, people might know I do the boring answer of going law because I just think her style's nothing annoying about it. But technically, she did betray the LEC and go and do the LCK for a split. So, you know what? That does annoy it's me. But, you know, not even turning <laughs> up does annoy me, as people might know by how I just spit roast fucking self made every chance I get. So, I will instead shift. And I, that's it. Friendship with law cancelled. Now, Troubling is my new yeah. best friend. Because I'm going to take <laughs> Troubling. Because I actually think, one, she was brilliant when she did those interviews. I can't believe they didn't go back to that. Would have been just, I would have just had her for that role going forward to seem really good, actually. But I just think generally, whenever she's on, I, I, I've said this in the past, I don't get what some people don't like. Like, I find her accent very clear to understand, even because she has like a British accent that's actually pretty, very legible and clear, as it were. And then I also think I just find her observations good. I don't think she over overstretches beyond like her sort of bounds or tries to like what she thinks she doesn't do that all the other bloody talent do. She doesn't try to step on people's feet and jump in when they're saying, I think she just knows her job. I just find that she be very good every time she's on. She's good. I, would, I think she should be a mainstay, personally. All right. Very high praise. What do you think, Rich? Who's your least annoying broadcast talent? The problem is, because, I mean, I've said Troubling for a couple of these, but the only thing that's holding me back from maybe giving it to her is that because Riot do underutilize her, and if I'm doing it as like 
for the entire season. It's like, has she been on enough? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's 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 tricky. It like, might be an indictment of our feelings about the broadcast hat that I did pick someone who wasn't on every week. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I'm surprised you wasn't me because I'm not on the show. There you go. <laughs> Therefore... <laughs> Yeah, again, to do my usual uh, quickly eliminating people as candidates before I pick mine is certainly none of the uh, lover boy trio. Like, like, you know what, I'll, give you, I'll give you the quick controversial take, Rich, because I was a bit boring. It's one of my answers that was like too nice, wasn't it? So I'll give you the controversial one. It's not Dagda. And do you know why? What do you mean, Thorin? But we all love Dagda. Yeah, I used to love Dagda too on the LPL. But you know what sucks? He's already got the fucking sickness of the Western regions. Because when you listen to Dagda when he's talking about Knight and JDG, he's straight fire, but he's had to do the thing they all do where they have to gaslight themselves. That LEC players are all brilliant too. And so now I've had to hear him use the same sort of terminology about motherfuckers who were like average as shit in the West that he was using about good LPL players. And I hate that. Like that's the reason why, in my opinion, that is such a risk to go from a major region to like one of the smaller ones. Is because if you then like like they do this in the LCS all the time too. If you're then trying to tell me how like double lifts world class and it's like well what does world class mean yeah. anymore you know so that unfortunately some of Dagda's takes did annoy me this year because I felt like he got drawn into the LEC hype pool of like having to pretend that like some of these players are like as good as the best in the world where like they aren't bro they aren't come on you know that as well you know better than that come on. but that's actually I think that is actually a, a point which needs like re-emphasizing because I do think that is an indictment not obviously just on Dagda but like anyone who does that I do find it really baffling because, I mean, you would never see this in traditional sports. No, like, of course not, If your exactly. role was to do, let's just say you were a Premier League commentator and also did Champions League, you wouldn't be talking in the same verbiage about Ronaldo and Messi that you talk about fucking whoever, Lewis Dunk. Like, you don't have to restructure the way you talk to change the ceiling based on what match you're watching. If you're doing League Two, you don't talk about fucking whoever being a world beater like if they're Ronaldo it's just it doesn't make any sense like there's actually no excuse for it at all it's not like oh well you have to you know in the context that no that's not how it works if you're watching minor league baseball then it's not Barry Bonds is he <laughs> it's just not it's a random fucking hitter from USC or whatever so it's just it, it is something I agree that is that does really grate me and I actually think just from like a fan perspective and like viewer interest, it would be way more interesting if people did always give opinions based on the full context of like a world level versus whatever the domestic level is that you're dealing with. It'd be way more interesting. Instead, we go in thinking, well, EU has three elite mid laners, like Caps, Humanoid, Larson. What does that mean though? Are they actually elite? Like they're elite for Europe. Like, I don't know. I, I that does really grind on me. I, I, I really hate that. Um, but yeah, this is also one of the reasons why, in my opinion, not to, you know, shit where I sleep, but why I always prefer sports to esports as well. Because I do think that some people are duped by the non-physical restraint that is the ceiling of being in a server gives you. Like, you don't have unlimited scope. There is, like, you can only flash so far. If you're faster, quicker, stronger, it doesn't change how far you can flash, right? Like, everyone is working those same parameters. And I do think that is why people get suckered in. If you can imagine, I know this is like a crazy thought experiment at this point, but like, season three Faker, to use the meme, like, as a physical embodiment of something, if he actually had physical, like, the ability to break physical boundaries a la the fucking green wall of the matrix or whatever it would be crazy but all that shit he's doing like solo killing ambition in mid technically 
you could press those keys in that order, right? But you're never going to be able to dunk on someone like LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Like, and to me, that is why esports is kind of hard capped from a sort of physical perspective. The outlier being, I do think in some FPS games, obviously, because speed of like mouse movement, reaction and accuracy in a single motion, that is why, you know, for me, like CS is a bit more cool in that aspect. Because if someone like a fucking 16 year old, like Munasi, he is just so fucking fast with an AWP that you can't replicate that, even if you are another really good AWPer. Um, obviously, some some exceptions uh, applicable there. But yeah, for me, I'll go with Trouble Link as well, even though, as I said, I think that she hasn't been utilized as much as she should have. That's not her fault. I think that she... It's obviously lots of these things are style-based, right? Wait, wait, so... I'll, I'll ask you a question. Here's a follow-up then. Let me get your take on this. And maybe both of you can give me your take. You both work in broadcast. So obviously, more you, you Foxtrot. Here's what the question I would have would be. Normally, right, the weirdest thing about Riot over the years is it's actually not, despite what people think, that they constantly go walk. They don't actually. Like, one of the weirdest things is people might know this. One of the reasons I was actually fairly influential on the career of Frost Scoring is for a while, like, actually, Riot didn't want her. They sort of, like, left her in the in the wilderness for a year or two, and she had to, like, you know, work her way through the mini leagues. And they've done the same thing to Trouble Inc. Like, Trouble Inc. had to do a million of those fucking NLC seasons, and then she still now is only one of those weekly guests that comes on the LEC. She still doesn't have the perma spot so people would normally think riot would be like you know super walk and be like you know diversity oh you're a woman yeah oh you're a woman and get you off definitely but they actually don't so uh, here's my question to you do you have can you even formulate or speculate a reason as to why she isn't a, a, like a regular because i don't get it myself like I, I don't know do they not vibe with her do they not like it i would have thought it would be a slam dunk to me you know i, I mean honestly the inner machinations of riot games eu is 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 a mystery to sure. Pretty much everyone apart from two or three people so who knows to be fair but i do remember the kind of career trajectory of troubling she was so she started she maybe did like nlc for like a year or two and then got brought onto eu masters and it was around the covid time that she was really brought right. into lec and it's the same with gulborg and a lot of it was because you know other talents couldn't get there you know, like Ender left for starters, and they needed to fill to fill a gap. And so Ender will never win this award, by the way, as, <laughs> as, as, his, as his recent behaviour will indeed highlight without even needing to go into it. So this is one award he could never win, no matter what he did. I can tell you right now. And I even actually used to like him quite a lot. I even do like him as an analyst, but it, mate, it's all the it's all the antics. I can't handle the antics to do my editing. I, for me, it's purely, and it's, this isn't even his fault, but he's just too, like, West Coast, <clears throat> West Coast American okay. for me. He, yeah. like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, it, it's just... Um, you do know what it is. It's not, you're not watching LEC. You're watching The Ender Show and Friends. Yeah. And that's what it is in his head. <laughs> like... Well, his ultimate mate, let's say how it is, main character syndrome on fucking. It's the problem I have with it as well as I actually think. Look, I don't think he's like consciously doing this, but I think unconsciously he's also actually, in my opinion, setting up a really stupid like scenario where he's like immune from criticism because since he's sort of like almost leaning into some angle where I don't know how this could be for your dress but people are going to try and interpret that there's potentially like a cross-dressing element there because there's some, he's, you know, he's always going towards some sort of a unique androgynous look. Yeah. People are going to think if you say you don't think it looks good, then you're hating on him for like his sexuality or something. But that's not it at all. Like if so, if fucking Trouble turned up just like Mr. Blobby in a fucking massive <laughs> outfit, you'd go, that seems a bit inappropriate for the broadcast. 
and you wouldn't in any way be hating on her, would you? You'd just be like, I essentially, like you say, I, I, don't, wear, I don't, don't care about what he's wearing. I care about the fact that it becomes, like you say, it just becomes, it's, well, like the elephant in the room is everyone the whole time. Like, if that was, it is the obvious example, Rich. If this was a CSGO event and he turned up like that, would we all just not address it? <laughs> would we just go, oh, yeah, and then who do you think will win? Someone would say someone, wouldn't they? You'd make some sort of a joke or like, you'd make some sort of comment about like, oh, well, at least we know you, you, you know, you want some attention today or something like it's the fact that everyone has to not address it is the fucking annoying part to me because he's so obviously going over the top of what he's wearing but then we're all supposed to pretend like i see nothing just seems normal to me and to me the, the where the gears get ground is i i i mean who knows if it's like it, it just seems like he goes and sits in the makeup chair and she's like what what are we doing today and he's just like i am goku and he's just, always trying and... to up himself as well mate he's yeah, always like it's... pushing it another step further another step another step another step I can't, but I mean, I'd say what from based on, uh, sorry, not to cut Fox off, but based on what I know, I mean, basically the reason why any of these, the answer to any of these questions, like why did this person, why that person is essentially that a lot of it is about who's vouching for you and who are you friends with on the right. broadcast and what do Nicole and Henry think of you kind of thing. Like, I think I should probably uh... stop saying, I think she should be on then because if anything, I'm yeah. probably just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, for that she was batting for her as well. Exactly. So, yeah, that's she... <laughs> probably not good. Actually. That's probably the kiss of death right there with Frostcore and Thorin in, in 2020 X. Saying, yeah, you should do it. And they're like, right, well, there's two black marks against you. So now you've got to work <laughs> twice as well. Fair enough. Yeah. My, my least annoying broadcast talent. Come on. I'm going to say, fuck you guys. I think Dagda's still great. He is good. Um, he is good. Come on. I still love him. He's he's brilliant. And as um, I said earlier, like he is good. Like I essentially used my I invoked my superpower of still finding a way to complain about stuff even I enjoy. Mm. <laughs> you're very I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. yeah I think the, it, for yeah. me, the difference is like when you're do it like most of these things aren't objective, right? Because it's like whose style do you prefer or whatever. For me, with troubling, it's like the interviews were so bad that you can actually almost objectively say they just took like a massive uptick like she was that much better than the person right. or the system or whatever you want to say that was doing it beforehand whereas with other people like even people who are really good at their job in theory right or like shocks or whatever how much do i actually lose if if it's like uh dracos filling in instead of shocks or whoever else is doing the hosting role like not much, really. I mean, spoiler, I'm muted through this whole these segments anyway, the vast majority of the time, right? Uh, at least when it's live. But yeah, I think that to me, like in terms of like value given versus, you know, what you lose when it's taken away, I think that's where troubling definitely shines. I'm also slightly annoyed at how Shox has turned her, like, I make oh, loads of mistakes. But her, a big part of her brand now, I don't care what anyone says, a big part of her wow. brand now is... I make loads of mistakes on the desk, but they just turn into a meme and we all joke about it. I oh, hate okay. that. Like, she trips okay. over, like, all the time, and then it's like, ah, ha, ha. it's like a fucking laughter track from the schmooze who are standing next to her. It's like, come on, man. Like, it can only be so funny that, this, ha, ha, my co-host is fucking up all the time. Like, yeah, brilliant. Like, unless the actual mistake is funny in itself, because of what it is, then that's just not really funny, is it? Like, ha, she's not that amazing. You could be way meaner and say that, like, a big part of her brand now is just complain about not having slept the night before because that is actually, if you follow her socials, an enormous <laughs> part of her brand. But all I'd say is this this is why, and by the way, being as she hasn't slept a lot, she wouldn't appreciate this joke. I imagine it'd be quite <laughs> annoying. But I would just say to her, here's the joke, Shocks. Why doesn't Shocks sleep enough? Because in many ways, isn't she already living the dream? 
That's like a sort of preview of what might that's happen. That's not even that's not even <laughs> rude. It isn't in an alternate that's world where I'm on the LEC, that's what it might have been like, guys. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's good. Saying, that's you know? good. Yeah, you know what? Good. Actually, this is okay. This is probably completely unrelated, but there was one time when I was working the Death Swiss shocks. So I was wearing this grey, like tweed jacket. Um whatever. And I said something about did she burn you? Yeah. Someone, yeah, she burned me. I said something. Someone being old school, and I appreciate that. And she said something about, you know, oh, that's old school. Um, you know all about old school. Is looking at, you know, is that why you're wearing what you're wearing? Oh, okay. Right, okay. and in the moment, I was yeah. just like, oh no, oh, shot, yeah. shot, right, right, whatever. But I should have said, if I can just borrow your glasses, I could complete the outfit because she oh. was wearing <laughs> big old fucking oh, yeah, you go. There you go. And honestly, even before the segment ended, in my head, I had that in my head, and I've never lived it down. In my head, I'm yeah. still replaying that moment. Like you should have fucking said it. You should have fucking said it. You should have fucking said it. And that was like where you completely is. You really do take them from it. Then go, oh wait, there's, these haven't got lenses in. These are just for vanity. Yeah. <laughs> that, this is that might be me actually. That, you know what? That part maybe that isn't your style, fuck Stop too fair. You know, you, you did it. It would right have been way. as good enough. It was a great enough. So basically, that was like the line when you're having the shower the next day. It's like, literally, I mean, that's that is literally, literally it. Do you know the worst thing about that is? And it's haunted it's me to this day. Like, it's not that we do that in life. It's that when you, when you think up the line that's great, you go. But wait a minute, I'm never going to be in that scenario again. Why have I wasted time? <laughs> yeah. Like acting like like it's like that Tom Cruise movie. I could go back in time and do it again. Like it's yeah. over. Like why am I thinking about the great line now? You know, like two days. It's later. such a shame, honestly. It's such a missed opportunity. I kick myself every day. I'm wrapping this segment up. Last thing I'll say, Jamada. He's brilliant. I love Jamada. I want to see more of him on on the LEC. Um. Yes, let's move on then to more more, more player awards. If this is a, an award, the most Elo held, really. Um, basically, the player that's uh, that's good, but his team is not so good. Which which player do you think deserves better, Thorin? Who's the most Elo held player in the LEC? Split so here's the funny team. thing: is this is where actually, because it's the whole year. I'm going to do the whole year first. For the whole year, it has to be Larson for me. Because I know people are going to say, like, but think about, like, Jankos in the first split when it was, like, a complete joke and he couldn't do it. Like, I told you, I even told, I've told uh, the story before. I've, I even messaged him after that first split and told him, like, mate, even though you didn't make, like, any progress with the team, I unironically think, like, if I had an MVP vote after this point, I would probably put you the MVP of the whole league. Which you have to understand, someone like him will never appreciate that because he's won MSI broad. He was in World's Finals. Like, they don't want to hear that. Like, oh, when he team came, like, ninth place, you were fucking the best player in the league. Like, because if anything, that's depressing thinking about your teammates but mm. for all year it has to be Larson because I think unironically he was not forget the idea he was never bad he was just always good and there was times when he was just flat out the best mid laner I even think actually if you go and look he played great against every other mid laner pretty much generally like this guy's team was never good enough. Remember, in the first split, the bot lane was shit. Then after that, they were just irrelevant anyway. And then by the end, like, they just butchered the whole team. Like, it was just impossible to play. So, like, at the end, Pete, there's another thing, by the way. We're not doing it this time, but fucking hell, if Malrang stays in Koi, then Larson must mm. just be a masochist, mate. Like, that guy mm. just completely washed by the end. So, I think Larson, actually, it's like Rich says, now I know he'll never get his credit. Because when his team was first place every fucking time, winning the most games, and they're going deep in the playoffs. Everyone goes, barring player, look at the rest of his teammates. Then when he essentially has to 1v9 and does, they go, but who cares? The team's shit. So it's like, essentially, he can't win. Like He's one of those people, I told this story years ago to Devi 
advice in CSGO. And by the way, it aged like the finest wine. I told him, mate, because your game's not flashy, your only way to win is literally win. You have to just get the trophy. They're never going to tell you you're the best player. In fact, the joke, the reason why it's a great take in CSGO, people don't know, is essentially device is the most decorated player in all the meaningful sense, but nobody will ever call him the goat of the game. Everyone thinks it's simple or Zwoo or Nico. They can pick any flashy player that has all the skills. So to me, Larson is the inheritor of that. Because you are someone who plays like Oriana and shit like that, no one's ever going to say those players are the best, mate. It's always going to be the player who plays the fucking the hard Silas or some like a mega aggressive shit. That's the one they're always going to say is the best. So this just proves like Larson can actually be the best. He'll never get the credit. And as, and as Rich points out, if you just go look at the All-Pro voting and all the MVP voting, if anything, that almost objectively proves no one thinks he's any good. What Even though the you? players don't vote for him as far as I can tell. Who's your most Elo-held player here, Rich? <clears throat> so I'm <clears throat> not... 100% sure about for summer yet. I, for the season, I'm going Yankos. The reason why I'll go Yankos over Larson is because I think that the pieces that Yankos had for the most of the time were even worse than Koi. I think Ebby is a contender for the worst player of all time in LEC. <laughs> um, I think that uh, the... He, obviously, he didn't have VTO for like all of the year, right? They had He had Ruby in that first split, who was an absolute terrorist as well. And then Jack Spectra, by the way, what a, another brilliant... In fact, actually, my take wasn't as good as I thought it was because it went even worse than I thought it would. But like I was saying, when all these people, Vega V2, Veteran, all these people saying Jack Spectra was the best thing since sliced bread, and I said, don't over you know don't raise expectations too much like he's fine he's all right but he's not that special that guy was fucking dog shit in lec like he's done well since he went back to the erl so like, he could still potentially come back at some point but he was not ready so he had jack spectrum mercer bot lane in fucking winter as well which was awful um mercer's improved a little bit since like flat came in but i just think overall he had worse pieces to work with than larson and keep in mind as well not they were playing really badly, but Larson did have Comp Trimby like bot lane. Obviously, Comp went to absolute shit, and Trimby wasn't that much better while he was on this on on those splits and Koi. But you know, and then I mean, he had other than Otto, he had the whole of Koi apart from Otto from that championship winning team. I mean, sure, if you take the glue out, the house is going to fall down, isn't it? But they still had some talented pieces for a big chunk of time. Yeah, so. they took the glue out because the fucking GM was sniffing it. <laughs> So, yeah, I'll, I'll say I think Larson's a good answer, but for me, degree of difficulty with uh, the level of player that he had, and I mean, it'd be like go and look, go and look at Yankos' stats for like lane proximity and stuff, playing with that fucking top lane, and like that shit's wild. So, yeah, nah, Yankos for me, and then for Summer specifically, I'm you could make a case for either of those guys again. To be honest, uh, I'm not sure that there was like some standout. You know what? Actually, no. For Summer, I'm going to say Razork. I think Razork, like, he couldn't do it every game because... Finished third, though. Okay, fair enough. It's, it's, like, impossible. No, but this is the thing. Like, in theory, Humanoid is meant to be, like, really good, but he's wildly inconsistent and probably a bit overrated, but he does show up big sometimes. Noah, to me, is overrated. Trimby's, like, good, but, you know, he's not Mickey X or whatever. Like, I, I just feel that... Razork had so many games where he was able to cover all three lanes at the same time and then was still let down by his team. I think that's mental. I think Razork achieved the highest level of jungle play in Europe in like 
three seasons, by the way, this last split. Not consistently. Like, he wouldn't be an MVP candidate for me or something like that, I don't think. But he was unbelievably good in some games. And his teammates are just fucking trolls, man. Humanoid's just a troll at this point. I know he has a high ceiling still, but that guy's a troll. Noah's a KDA player. Oscorin is fucking wildly overrated. Like, he has some talent. He can play some carry picks. But how people were rating him after this split was, to me, that is just fanatic bias. Like, that's absolute nonsense. By the way, if Humanoid's really as good as people people say he is, if Noah's really as good as people say he is, and Oscorin's really as good as, pe as good as people say he is, how the fuck are Fnatic not better at League of Legends, by the way? Because Razork's certainly that good, at least on occasion. So, to me, that's... No, I'll say Razork. I think his teammates let him down big time. Fair play. My answer for this is is just got to be Yankos. I mean, Yankos is just I go wrong was, with that. Yeah, it was ridiculous, especially the uh, the <laughs> earlier splits. Like it was, it was insane. I I kind of struggled to pick one for summer though. To be perfectly honest, I think that's that's kind of yeah. I don't know. That's it's quite why the NPC is actually kind of gross this year because if you're Yankos and Larson. You're now going to sit and watch Worlds. It's like, what did you do wrong? Yeah. Didn't you just do everything you were supposed you to do? Signed a four-year like, contract. You, and you guys basically, like, <laughs> I'll buy your play. You should be there. You know what I mean? You're sat there, though, watching, like, Nook and fucking, like, he's not there yet, technically. He has to win that match. But you're watching these fuckers play? Like, really? I can't have yeah. some. Can I play League of Legends, please? All right. From, um... I... Where am I? Mostly the hell. Yes. Uh, let's move on here. To uh, the biggest dipper, so kind of the opposite actually. Uh, the the player who, yes, not the MIP, but the the dip. There's uh, so many candidates for this one. It's actually crazy. Yeah, so trying many. to choose just one is gonna be is gonna be interesting. Uh, who do you think has obviously his performances dipped the most from uh, from last year to this year and from uh, last split to this split as well? Rich, who's your who's your biggest dipper? By the way, I think actually in a weird way. This award is like the, or at least the discussion around this this award is the biggest indicator of where Europe's level is now because there are so many names I'm about to mention who have all tangibly gone downhill that the overall level of the league that just illustrates that the overall level of the league is like not in a great place. I mean, I can just go team by team. Malrang, massive mm. drop off from the best of him last year. Comp, massive drop off from the best of him last year. Um, Caps, like, even if I look at G2, I can say Caps, like, people, like, don't get me wrong, Caps is still one of the best mids. He still had, like, good moments. He was very good in the finals. He was the MVP of the finals. And people were, like, making MVP cases for him for some. I'm not sure about that one, Chief. But, like, Caps, to me, did dip a lot this split. VTO, obviously, early dipped a lot, but probably redeemed himself to not be in the conversation. Um... Extra kick from like in between splits dipped like fuck. He, he I think he actually won MVP, didn't he? For spring no, or winter? It wasn't I think I think the technically he wasn't MVP, so they gave it to Niski or something for the winter one if there was. Oh really? One. But he, he I was, don't know if they had an official one or not. He was though. definitely in the conversation. Um and yeah, I mean even Hillisang I wouldn't put because I don't think Hillisang's been top notch for like a little while now. He had some moments as well where he was quite good, but um, Patrick's like first two splits were horrendous, but actually he could have been in most improved category now that I think about it. He was so bad in, in winter and spring, but obviously improved a lot. So I probably wouldn't put him there. 
Um, Shio, to me, like in between splits. Nuke, as Soren mentioned earlier. Actually, I mean, if you didn't think he was good, then he shouldn't be on the list to begin with. But whoever thought he was good in spring, he would have to be in the conversation after looking at his summer. In fact, the whole of BDS, basically, apart from Labrov, I would say, like, have arguments for being... Like, Crowny actually is a good shout as well. Crowny dipped like fuck. Um, I think that the answer for the season has to be Maorang. Because even though I think Maorang was overrated from, like, an all-rounder perspective, like, people wanted to imply that he was, like, a, a jungler who could do all styles, when really he couldn't. He was kind of, like, one tricky-ish, not in terms of champion picks, but in terms of play style. Um, and he was dog shit this year. Like, actually terrible. So I think for the season, it does need to be Maorang, I think. Um, and then for the split... Ooh, that's trickier but i think i would probably go with maybe oh crowny has to be crowny actually because crowny was really good in spring like very good in spring argue probably the best uh ad carry in spring or him and hands but uh yeah and he was very poor for big stretches of summer so yeah i'll say crowny for spring and maorang is a easy winner for the season what about you thorin who is the gonna be easy for me because first of all i always thought malrang was a semi-fraud like i actually that's why it basically you were both quite low on him last year i, I used to I, I used to even rib all the bds guy at uh, all the fucking uh rogue people because they would try and do that thing where it's sort of like no but in a way like what he's doing with his un unfinished items is genius because like you know he's allowing himself <laughs> the uh you know they're like the you know the fucking the wiggle room to switch up his build patterns like shut the fuck up mate that all that sophistry almost makes sense but then doesn't when you remember it's the fucking mythic item year for fuck's sake mate <laughs> yeah. it's the literal time in the history of league of legends where that will never be true because they they intentionally made those items op as fuck and this guy for real had games where it was like 20 minutes in. It was like that barrel guy. They could be like 20 minutes in with no finished item and like a ruby crystal and like wards or whatever. So that, I always thought he was a semi-fraud. He just got exposed. So for me, for the whole year, I'm going to say El Yoya, actually. Ooh, oh, no, sorry, the other yeah. way around. For the split, for the summer split, it's El Yoya. Because El Yoya was actually dog shit in this summer split, in my opinion. He was really bad. He had some... And, this, and everyone remembers that, like, BO3 game where that he didn't even press R on fucking Nocturne ever to get a kill. Like, oh, it, was, like it was actually absurd how bad it was. Because remember, this guy was supposed to be on G2 this year. He actually, if you look at the earlier splits, one of the best Western players in many years. Looks yeah. like, actually, like, came in the league as a prodigy. Unlike Humanoid, has held up, looked great. And then he just had the worst split of his whole career. For the whole actual season, I'm actually going to save Ethio because last year, I thought he could have been a double MVP. I thought he was a fucking beast. This year, even in summer, he was never, he was nothing close to that. That's how I could tell who was like way too hyped on like the fucking Heretics hype train. It's like Heretics was still just Jankos. It was yeah. just Jankos and then he had like, Vethio had like, let's say like one out of three games would be good and then Flackhead was just Flackhead. It was just all right most of the time. Like yeah. that team really wasn't that great and then people here's how you know every game that you had that was good you heard about it every like four like the four or five times it happened it was on ready people made comments and interviews like oh my god wow look is he back but it's like guys for real if you go look at last year when he played on misfits like you'd struggle to find bad games it was just every single regular season game he was just killing it most of the time so i thought his drop-off's ridiculous and to me I think it's still it's still undetermined if he ever gets back to that level. Maybe that was just the window. Maybe it never comes back. Who knows? I think yeah. I think with the VTO thing, I mean, again, I have to assume part of this is just because 
he's French and there's like a huge, very noisy French contingent of people who like to, you know, big up the, the Frenchies. But yeah, the, the, the videos thing is really weird because it is exactly like that. It's like, you you're you will know when BGO's had a good game because you'll hear the screeching all the way from Paris. Like it's crazy. But also people like to pretend that he's really good at things he's not good at. Like for example, when he was playing well, like markedly better than what he was playing on XL. And I said this loads of times like on Euroleague and Kira is like a big defender of Vito here, so I'll call him out a little bit for this, okay. like, just because we disagree on this. But I'll say like, okay, yeah, no, he is playing better. Like he does have some of those characters. Like if you can escort Vito into mid game he can still carry games but his laning is still bad and then people will say like here will be like no actually his laning is actually quite good it's just he's doing these things where he does this and it's like to me like i'm not saying what they're saying is wrong but i'm like no like he is just bad at laning though like i'm sure you can pick out some random fucking game where he did a couple of good things around river early or whatever or fucking worked well with his jungler and contested scuttle when he was meant to but like he is not a good laner but people make excuses for him and try and imply he's like a more well-rounded player than what he is so yeah you'll always be able to find examples of people who do things semi well but Vito is not a good laner and and oh, by the way in a year when mid laners in general in Europe are terrible at laning even the mid laners who are meant to be really good at laning are not good Humanoid has just like Humanoid is probably the best laner and he's had some good laning games, but he's not been consistent. And when we were talking to Abadagi, he even said he's like, all these guys that are meant to be good at laning, fucking like humanoid caps. He's like, Larson's a bit different because his style is like not oppressive anyway. But he's like, it's so easy to lane against them now. Like they're just so passive. And in that context, VTO is still bad at laning. So yeah, I think that, that VTO's a good shout. I would just not go VTO just because he did have like a baby resurgence, I suppose, when he switched teams. So, yeah, I think I'd probably not go with him. But the thing with, with Vito as well, when you're considering the hype, is when he came into the league, he was 17. And anyone who comes into the league at such a young age generally gets a big hype train around them. Inspired was the same as well. I remember him. Um, and Vito had been playing in, in regional leagues before then as well, when he was like 15, 16. So he'd been, he was essentially considered like this kind of, you know, child project breaking into the LEC at age 17. Uh, and as you say, he's French. So you combine these things together, quite a rabid fan base in and of itself. Um, he does get a lot of hype. My answer for, for this um, biggest dipper is, is Malrang. But that also does kind of, well, I'm, I'm, I was higher on Maring than you guys were for sure. So I think for yeah, like I just think considering what he was able to achieve on Rogue last year compared to this year, he has been. I mean, you guys are like, oh, he's got to go. You know, Koi can't continue with Maring on his team. I, that's a very big difference compared to what he was what he was doing last year. Uh, let's let's end on, on some highs now, though, shall? Oh, by we? the way, very quickly, what about upset actually for this? I think, I think obviously he was, was still qualify, decent, in right? my opinion. I don't think he was... I think he was pretty poor. I mean, again, he, like, you can make an argument. I'd say probably Comp wins this. I think Comp was probably the worst AD carry. Uh, but I think Upset was probably the ninth. And I think a lot of people would have had him as the best or, like, close to the best like yeah. before then. So he's got... I mean, considering how high he was before, there's... Yeah. He might not have a job that. next split. 
I mean, there's some, for people who don't know or don't follow the ERLs, there's some really good AD carries in the ERLs. And obviously teams like to economize, right? So Upset, having a long tenured career, probably deserves a big contract. But why the fuck would you do that when you can take, you know, well, you can't take Kliss, but you could take um, Super or Bow or one of these people for like close to league minimum. And it's a plug and play position, like in a lot of ways. So yeah, he. I wouldn't be surprised if Upset didn't have a team next player. I really wouldn't. Oh, that. I mean, that would be surprising in the in the overall scheme of things. But maybe when you look at it, not so surprising. We'll have to see how that one unveils. Uh, let's let's go then. We've got our last ones here, the big ones, MVPs and the All Pro team. So who was your MVP of not only summer, but of the uh, of the season as a whole, the year as a whole. And again, before you give your answers here, I'll ask you to quickly define what you what you think MVP means, right? It's either the best player in the league or who, if you take this player out of their team, their team would sink type of a deal, right? Um, and that does, that framework will obviously alter your, your decision. So if you can clarify that before you give your answers, that would be fantastic. Rich, I'll come to you on this one. MVP of... 2023 LEC summer and of the year as a whole. Who are they? Yeah, I mean, my criteria is I, I take the words in their absolute most literal form. So to me, it is a value thing. So yeah, if you were to remove, like how much value is someone giving to a team? And obviously there's like certain break points because if someone takes five players who are as good as you or me at the game and they still get like zero wins but look way better, like no real value's been added because it still results in zero wins, right? So a team that would constantly... Fin like, it can't be from Australis, for example. Like, they're not even making GSL or whatever. Like, for me, though, it is Jankos. Because if you take Jankos out of that team or if you put any other jungler on that team, even if you think someone's a better jungler, I just think stylistically as well for that team, that team is so doomed and might lose every single game. And Heretics did make every gsl stage and made one playoffs i think one top four so to me if you remove yankos and put in let's just say a, a run of the mill junk i don't know marcoon for example i think it's actually possible that in one of those splits they get zero wins and i think it's possible that they miss gsl in every split so yeah to me it, it's yankos because i don't think there's an, another player on any roster where if you take them out like, if someone thought Caps was the best mid laner, first of all, I'd dispute that. But if they did think he was the best mid laner, if I take Caps out and I put an average Abadage, I put Abadage in, they're still favourites to win, in my opinion. They're still favourites to win LEC. Um, so, yeah, for me, from a value perspective, I think it is Yankos over the entire year. And as I said, I do discount people if they've achieved like nothing with their team. But I think making every GSL phase and making a playoffs, I think. That was all pumped up by Jankos, and he's basically solely responsible for that, as far as I'm concerned. And what about the summer specifically? Oh, summer. Uh, hmm. That's a tricky one. Uh, I could just say... No, Kazi. Kazi. Oh, Kazi's just a shout in general, actually, for MVP over the... Wow. I mean, Mad... Like, Mad are probably, like, one of the most 
it's weird because sometimes people like look at the players and say, well, they're not overperforming. You know, El Yoyo is a great player, Niski, Kazi, Hillisang. But in reality, how many of those players were actually playing at a good level? I, I won't say Kazi because I do think AD Carry is the most plug and play, even though Kazi's been one of the, the better ones. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll say... Uh, for summer specifically, I'll say Kazi, and I'll say for the year, I'll say I'll say Jankos. Okay. What about you, Thorne? Who are your MVPs, and how are you defining MVP? So most of this will just be, as you said, defining the preamble. I'll probably do a video on this topic one day because I think I actually have not only a different perspective on MVP, but I've actually thought this through a lot over many years in different spots. So my problem is I despise the system that Rich just used. I'll never use that system ever because, one, there is nobody who applies that in one split who ever keeps that energy and does it every single split of their career. What will happen is in two years from now, you'll have a, a sort of a, a G2 super team and there'll be a, someone like Caps who's the best player on the super team and you'll vote him the MVP so you'll immediately completely violated exactly that logic there no one else I've never seen anyone successfully maintain that approach they just pick and choose when they do it like that like essentially this one's because Jankos is an awesome player he was on a really bad team but again if you do that every time it's supposed to be a Vethio type person or a Jankos now or a Larson it'll always have to be someone on a not very good team because it's essentially somebody who's overqualified for their team so my problem goes like this I've got a witty way to phrase it, but I'll just set it out like academically first and foremost. The reason why I don't like that approach is, in my opinion, the whole point is the trophy rewards the best team and MVP rewards the best player. So the best thing about MVP is it allows you to do what Larson and Jankos have done and potentially not be on the best team. But if you really did like ball out completely, maybe you can win the MVP. Maybe you can. So uh, like, I like the idea that's possible, but I just do define it as you played the best. Like you are just a player who played the best. Because the reason why I don't like this thing of like, and if you take him out, then they lose. Is the, People might know this NBA example. That is how Steve Nash won two MVPs in the NBA because what happened was even though by the way he might actually in terms of like the points he scored that's probably the least anyone's ever scored in the history of the NBA but the logic was because he had like it was, basically he was the only one who played the style that would make his team as good as it was but the problem is that to me that's like that's different from being the best player though so to me it's just for the best player so I actually think coincidentally that it's an easy one for both the split and the... I'm taking Mickey X. Like, I don't care that his team was awesome. Because here's the other thing. I think, actually, he was a major reason why. Like, he defined the meta of how they played. He defined his bot lane. Quite frankly, even the whole shit of, like, Hans Sam is a lot better. He was compared to Team Liquid. But I still don't even think Hans Sam was, like... I don't even know if he was the best ADC. Like, I, I think at times his crown shot was better. So, for me, I think Mickey X is the player for me. I think he just was fabulous all year long. His floor's amazing now. What's insane to me is everyone just used to compare... Mickey X as like diet Hillisang. It's like it's the other way around, mate. If anything, like Hillisang's like fucking Mickey X light at this point in time because Mickey X has none of the downside and all of the upside. And quite frankly, the difference is, as far as I can tell, this is why Breckers was well suited with Hillisang. Hillisang just does what he does no matter what, and you just, it's up to you to follow yeah. up. Mickey X does actually seem to try and fit to his lane partner, and he ha I've seen very different Mickey X with, like, perks to Reckless, to Hans Sammer now, and he's he's been mega in most of these teams, so I, I'm going with Mickey X as my MVP. I'll just say, by the way, on the, on the difference of awards thing, I don't disagree with what Thorin's saying at all, but the, my problem is, I've always said this, one, I think there should be two separate awards, personally, because I think they are very different things, but my problem is that even though it's more like 
fluidly re replicable, I guess, to have, like, always give it to, like, the best player or whatever. I do think, one, your ability to perform at the absolute tip-top highest level, with some exception, is based on how strong your team is. Like, for sure, sure. there is a big element there. And also... They called the fucking award MVP. What am I meant to do with that? Just pretend English doesn't exist? Like, I am just going to take it at face value. There's the witty angle. Here's how I'm going to wreck you then. They didn't ever say most valuable player of their team. They say most valuable player of the LEC. So by logic, whether you played well or not and your team's good, the most valuable player will always be the best player. Mm. Doesn't ever say it's never said on that award you were the most valuable player of your team in the LEC. It says you are the most valuable player of the LEC. Therefore, the best player would by definition be the most valuable, whether his team made use of it or not. See, the point is, any this is why the legal profession exists, Rich. The law is valuable, and it's all about you know. <laughs> but if Yankos is it on Heretics, they don't make any GSLs, and Heretics lose loads of money. Whereas G2 will make the finals without any single one of their true. players. I don't I, know if I that's think, true. See, that's the thing though. I think that is true. I think if you take, if you replace any individual player on that team with another player who's, let's say, the league mean or better, I think G2 not only makes finals, I think they win it comfortably in this season nah. specifically. I think, I think every other team in the league is shit. I think every team is shit. I think that G2 is way above. And actually, you might see more of a smashing in these finals because maybe they take it seriously if the other teams are a little bit close to them. Seems to me like they just fucking troll around yeah, because they the know the problem with this as well. The problem with this one is I've, on on other roles you might be right, but specifically for support, mate. Once that's you true, get past MGX, it's a fucking dying. That is so, true. Yeah. Like when we come to do the all pro thing later, I think it's everyone's going to have MGX to support. Yeah, it's comparable, you know. So I, I, on other roles, I would agree. Like you said on the mid one, that's probably plausible because still win. I don't know about support though. I think that, no, that, probably, that is true. For support, probably just have to Mickey for that. It's a it's a fair comment, right? When you're talking about if you remove them, how good would that team still be? Because then you're bringing in external factors. Well, how okay. easy can you replace? It? Who are you taking? Come on! And then that becomes less of that player. I'm gonna throw a big fat fucking curveball here. Come on, guys. here we go. He's gonna do something ridiculous now. What player from like XL or something is he gonna pick? Uh, now? Bloody no, 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 no. I Come am on. my MVP. Broken blade. Ah well. Don Core Stream Watcher, right? You fucking hell, all right. <laughs> I'm going with BB. So okay? That's actually outrageous. And I'm going to tell you why I'm correct. Go on. <laughs> Objectively, so. <laughs> Broken Blade, okay, has been the anchor on a team that has otherwise been a little bit rocky. I will give you Mickey X, okay? okay? He's also very good, right? Rich, wipe that fucking look off your face. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am. <laughs> I am. It's all right. This is, making, yeah, it makes this sense, is all making sense, yeah. okay? And the biggest thing about Broken Blade, yeah, yeah. is when you come into playoffs, he's still dicking on people. That's true. Right? Okay. There's been a top gap every single G2 series, okay? Even when Wanda came out of his Baldur's Gate 3 retirement and decided he wanted to be the best top laner in the league for playoffs, Broken Blade still put him in his place. Like, I honestly feel like Broken Blade on G2 does not get enough reps. And when you can... I will say, honestly, it's been a bit of a weak year for MVP. Right, I don't think he's been lights out crazy. You're doing it again, Rich, mate. No, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting <laughs> I'm for the. <laughs> yeah, go on. You're. <laughs> I think honestly, legit, right? He's not like he's he's not been like Hillisang was whenever that was last year, sometime where he was just absolutely nuts, like big dick lights out. But honestly, quietly, Broken Blade has been the MVP of the LEC. Quietly, how can you quietly be the MVP? <laughs> 
I love it though. Come on, because it has because because the whole the whole okay. league's been on a bit of yeah. a whimper, hasn't it? You have it's to understand. A... They did it quietly, Rich, because like it's like he's he, only Vox Rock can see the nuance. It's like that movie They Live. He's the only one with the glasses. He can see what Blockman is doing. The rest of us, we just see like you know a good player. But... That's by the way, a holistic point in general that I would love to see change. Is no jokes aside, I don't think anyone can pick a top laner because the camera's never on fucking top lane. I don't have a clue what's going on in those lanes half the time. Like, it'll just be some fight going on in bot lane and they'll be like, what? And blah, blah, killed so-and-so in the top lane. Woo-hoo-hoo. And they'll make like, a joke about it. Like, how crazy was this scenario? Because someone else, I didn't even see it. That is literally, I've said this before, that is like... The best one, by the way, is when they switch to top lane and it's like... The guy's like getting like dived just at the edge of his tower. So you don't even know how it started. Did he yeah. harass the guy? Did he get... So you don't know who did the right thing. And then all you hear is one of the casters score, he's dead. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that's, you just see him die. You're like, well, how do I even. And then every fan, right, doesn't go, well, we didn't see it. They just go, the guy who died zinting. <laughs> It's like having the camera on a fucking centre back while a goal's going in at the other end. It's like, what are we doing? Like, I really wish there was like an option on the stream to do because they do it in NA actually every now and then. Well, they'll show all three lanes at the same time. And yeah, it's, jungle. Good, that, it's fucking that's awesome. Yeah. Why can't I, I press a button at the beginning of the game? That? Yeah. That'd be fucking sick. But yeah, also we're broke. First of all, unless you're like <laughs> apoplectically just amazing like i don't understand how a top laner in europe could ever be mvp really like we just don't play to that style but also photon for like let's just say half the year was just the best top by a mile so i'm also not really sure how a broken place oh, right, right. into this conversation like speaking oh, right. of getting bodied i'm pretty sure photon was bodying mr broken blade like every lane that those guys were playing for half the year so I'm out. I'm out on the broken blade <laughs> flag waving. I, honestly, honestly, mark my words. We come out of worlds broken blade. You'll see. No, he's, now, I mean, now you. A, okay, now it's getting interesting because that would be like, unprecedented seas okay, that you're Let me traversing. I realise that sounds outlandish. No, commit to I'm it. Say it with Jess. What's broken blade going to do at worlds? What's broken blade going to do at worlds? At the end of worlds, broken blade. Yeah, you will see how he is the best top in EU and MVP of G2. All right, I'm not saying he'll be any of you know. I'm not saying he'll even look good in comparison to the other top lanes in the world. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you'll see. Actually, this guy is way more valuable to his team than you might otherwise have appreciated beforehand, and this guy can can hold his own. Well, like, he was bloody hyperbolic so time chamber training in fucking NA on TSM for how many years, mate? It's like when the when the pro athletes go up to Colorado to train because the air's thinner there, and so their lungs get whatever. He's done that. He's done his reps in NA, and he's come back, and he's still he, he knows he knows what it's like. He's ready. I'm just gonna it's say only he's like ready. his third year in Europe or something, but yeah, well, you sure, know. it'll catch up. That training will catch <laughs> yeah. up any day now. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, maybe, but today's not that day. You know, he's he's ready. Honestly, mark my bloody words. We're coming to Worlds, and he will be. You'll you'll see. You'll see. Everyone else will shit the bed, but him. No, it's right. Uh, we have one more to do here, actually, before we uh, end things for our uh, fabulous awards show here for for LEC twenty twenty three, the All Pro team. So the best players uh, from each role. Who's your super team, essentially? Although, you know, obviously that's got an asterisk because player synergies and whatnot. Forget that. Just who's been the best in their role for each for each role? Uh, who's it going to be? Thorin, hit me up with your dream team. Right, I, despite. 
the preamble that Rich gave there. I'm not going to give Fort on the top lane. I actually am going to give Broken Blade. To Broken Blade. Yeah. Let's right. fucking go. The problem See, is this. this. I agree that Fort on was really good earlier, but the problem is he actually was one of the reasons when they got to that one playoffs that they sort of shit the bed, unfortunately. Yeah. So True. you do have to also do it in the playoffs for me. So even though I actually do think top lane pool, there's a couple of positions I think are fucking. By the way, in general, when I was putting this together, I was doing my top three thinking like, oh, even the candidates, fucking hell, Europe is bad this year. It's yeah. really dire, guys. Like Almost all the positions are like, Jesus, like you just pick it from like two or three names, tops anyway. So Broken Blade's my top player. He wins for that one, especially did also have a recency bias is great. He looked awesome in the season finals in the summer generally. For Jungle, I'm actually going to probably shock people because people are going to forget the first two splits. I'm going to say, oh, yeah, yeah. I know people are going to go, but Yike overall, and then Yankos was the best one. Like, yeah, but here's the difference. Like, the sample size for El Yoya is still pretty good. He played a lot of, like, big playoff game stuff. And also, like, there's a reason they won the championship. And lastly, I did this last year with Upset, didn't I? Like, I actually just think he is the best jungler. Like, I mean, I'll give consideration to Yankos when he's on his form. But with the pieces he had, which I don't think are the best, I think relative to the league, it was around four-fifths summer. I think when he was on his game, he's mega. Yes, he had a shit summer split. Still two out of three. That's good enough. That's better. That put it this way. You only have to bat, isn't it, 33% to be a Hall of Famer in baseball. So he did 66%. He's twice as good as a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Then I'll go for mid lane. We've already set the present. I'm going Larson for that one. Just because here's the thing, even though Caps had all the success, I think this is a pretty underwhelming career. Year of Caps' career for me. He only really turned it on at the very end of the season finals. And then beyond that, people are going to forget that earlier on the year, Niski was actually pretty good. He actually looked banging in the winter split. He was decent in spring. But I'm going to go with Larson for mid. I think just overall was the best, even though, yes, I know it was a bit more questionable. But he did make one playoffs. Then I have uh, ADC. I'm probably going to hurt people's feelings again. I'm just not a handsome fan. I'm going crowd shot for this one. Crowley's my ADC. I think he was actually even good. Basically, the problem is recency bias is going to tell you he's shit because probably his worst series by far of the whole fucking year was at the very end. At the very end. So that makes it look whack, but I thought he was fucking fire throughout the rest of the year. Looks quite frankly like... By the way, the joke is I probably should have stressed more that he's another MVP candidate. Like I thought he was another player that just was mega. Uh, and then support Mickey X. So there you go. I'm going with, I've got two <clears throat> G2 players. So I'm not one of you plebs that just puts all the G2 players. <laughs> I'm, I get I get hipster, but then I also just take whatever I want, don't I? Don't worry about he it. He gets it all. What about you, yeah. Rich? Who's your, who's your, uh, your all-star team? So I'm going to go bot to top because I think it's easier. It gets harder as it goes up the map for me. So support is just Mickey. Like there was no one else in the conversation at all whatsoever ad carry i'm going hands i think hands was just the best ad carry yes he had mickey x and that is like worthy context but when you look at the other players that were good the only other one like you can't go patrick because patrick had two horrible splits and then the only one who is worth considering is kazi because i think kazi was more sort of elo held if you like than hands and hilly sang is not mickey x so i think Car shout out to kazi he'd be my second for me crowny like if you want to talk about who had the best period of time as an ad carry probably inarguably crowny and then second would be actually exekick that seems so long ago now that people have forgotten but i think crowny and exekick had like the best periods but for me not done over all three splits i think hands is the only ad carry along with Kazi, because I think Kazi's winter was not amazing. I can't remember. Maybe it was quite good. I can't remember. But Hans and Kazi, but I think I have, I have to go Hans. I think he's probably just overall higher level. Larson for mid. Um, for me, that's an easy one. 
people love to throw Caps's name in for fun. For me, just no, I don't, I don't, I, I don't see it at all. I think Caps is going to get exposed at Worlds this year. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it, throw that out there now, uh, to rival Fox's Broken Blade. We know who won't get exposed. Put yeah. three six nine into the bin take, uh, which is how I'm choosing to remember how you delivered that take. So yeah, I think <laughs> Caps will, yeah, whatever. Uh, jungle's really hard for me. I'm just waiting. Mark my words for the game where like fucking parlor foxes with beats caps. Like when that happens, just shut down all that. Just forget about it. That was yeah. years ago now, boys. You know. Yeah, those LEC slots will be going for ten mil as well. That's, that's, that's a brutal one. Uh, yeah, jungle's really hard. It's between Yankos and Razork for me. Um, I think I'm gonna go Yankos because I think Razork's like so heavily weighted to some insane games that he had in summer, so I can't really justify giving it to him. So yeah, I'm going to go Yankos for jungle. And then top lane, I actually have Broken Blade as well. I've but actually picked Broken Blade. All that, after all you I've actually know. picked Broken Blade. Basically, we need Rich from now to just meet Rich from 10 minutes ago. Let's have that <laughs> guy. Fight that no, because side, the, thing exactly, is, yeah. the thing is, I think in in winter and spring, Broken Blade was probably the third best top, I guess. Like, it was clearly Photon was the best. For somehow, like, I got duped. Like, Chasey, like, had a couple of good series, but really, yeah, no. And Oddo was actually pretty good in... Uh... If, fuck, stop. If fucking Photon was a cryptocurrency, Rich is definitely hoddling, isn't he? I know. <laughs> he just won't let go, will he? He's never going to let go. He's waiting for it to come back and resurge and do a, a fucking bull run, isn't he, at this point in time? Any day now. He's the win the winter can only last so He's long. Photon coin. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Photon was good. The reality is Photon was good for, like, if you amass all his games like a split and a half worth sure. of games let's say yeah. whereas broken blade was like a tier and a half below but good like all the way through and then in summer went up at half a tick so like he is just had the overall best year broken blade i just don't subscribe to the fact he's had the best year but he's not the best top laner let's put it that way like there are multiple players i would rather have uh, in really? top lane than him i just think he's had overall the best year i mean yeah like on when they're on song Oddo is a better top laner in my opinion. Photon is a better, certainly a better top laner, and there are players arguably in the who aren't even in the league currently. He might want to throw in there. If as you well, asked so. me to build a new team, I wouldn't necessarily start with Broken Blade, but that wasn't the question. It was. I would have. Team. I would rather if you said uh, if I'm like given a blank check and some fucking and a LEC slot tomorrow, and I'm picking a top laner, I would have Cabo Shard higher up my list than Broken Blade to start. I'd like to see that guy at Worlds. I think that'd be interesting. Mm. Like rather see that than Broken Blade take 17 despite his hyperbolic whatever nonsense training in the Denver, this Colorado the and TSM. This is where it's all going to pay off for. Yeah, he's like, well, yeah, I'm holding, I'm holding, uh, that's the cold opening, the Fox's fucking Broken Blade take. I'll do a little bit of snap editing yeah, as well. Yeah, make that make the cold opening of the bloody post-Worlds episode we do when he's come out as mega. Yeah. Make you guys crying. That can be the that can be the cold open. Uh, no one's no one. one's rooting against Broken Blade, mate. <laughs> this isn't some you know EG level evil or something we're dealing with. Just a guy who's not particularly performed that well internationally, has he? But uh, I'm 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 waiting to see. You know, I mean, you promised that he's going to dumpster all LCK and LPL top laners, Fox. So let's That's just see. Slight. Let's just see what happens. That's that's how I'm choosing to remember it. Let's just see what slight happens. Slight spark notes. So yeah, I've version. gone uh, Broken Blade. So yeah, Broken Blade, Yankos, Larson. Hands, Mickey X. And then I'm going to throw in a coach as well, aren't I? Oh, no, I'm not actually. No, I am Dylan. And by the way, again, the, what's fucking wild, and hopefully, because, you know, obviously LEC have come out and said, 
we're going to change like especially the schedule we're going to tighten that up or whatever we don't know what they're going to do yet but they're going to make some changes like they also need to change this stupid system of staggering out awards while the most important playoffs are going on that is egregious absolutely egregious like the coaching staff thing of that voting and how badly that looked like it was going to age like is fucking wild so yeah i think uh G2 probably do end up getting coaching software split for me, I guess, kind of by default, but actually maybe not. Maybe BDS. Now I'd give it BDS, I think, mm. coaching staff. So that team coached by BDS. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Like, Dylan Falco, objectively, has done a great job, as I've, as have G2. You know, they won two of the splits. They made playoffs in, in the other one, and that was a five-gamer that they got knocked out in. But because they were kind of expected to succeed he's not going to get much credit for it right right but he very easily could have shot the bed and, and been crap at like xl esports you know but um it's yes it's a fickle business being a coach i suppose getting your credit that's the thing though he could actually be i mean i know dylan's like done enough in enough different places that it's not really in question but let's pretend dylan was a rookie coach based on what we have seen this split you could make some case that he's not a very good coach just on the basis that they went five games of XL. Like, if you believe that every player in this roster is so far beyond, like, the next best team, that could, in theory, be a bad performance, right? Which is why the coaching awards stuff in general is stupid. The only reason people can vote for Dylan and feel pretty comfortable in that is because he's done it at Schalke. He did it at Fnatic. Like, he has enough sample size and resume that we can say he's probably doing a good job. But... It, uh, it is kind of whack. Like, even with the BDS stuff, like, I think Thorin made some pretty good points about what's probably going on there. But imagine we wake up tomorrow, see an interview with all the four other BDS players saying, Adam's actually a macro savant and he is the uh, in-game leader and does all the drafting. Like, it could happen. I mean, that specifically couldn't because that guy seems like doesn't have too much going on upstairs every time someone puts a mic in front of his mouth. But, you know, maybe Labrov, my boy. Maybe he's just... You know, micromanaging everyone around the map. Who knows? We just don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I just, I hate coaching staff awards in general, which is uh, yeah. why we don't have one specifically on this show. There you go. Uh, I'll round things off then today with my choice for the all-pro team. I think everyone's in agreement. Mickey X in support has to be. ADC, I think, is a little bit trickier, but I will go with Hans Summer as well. But it's one I think you yeah, there are a few options. Bit of a, yeah, difficult, difficult, difficult one to call. Mid lane, for me, this is the hardest one to judge because I, I kind of just want to give it to no one. I don't really think, like, it, uh, there's no one has been consistently impressive to me, and the people that otherwise you might give it to have an asterisk. For example, Larson. Didn't achieve anything this year, but is that really his fault? The asterisk being his team sub, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, Caps as well was so hit and miss. But then, like, who else do you even look at, honestly? Who else is worth That's looking at? It's Nisky. Like, who the fuck else is the exact name? Yeah, literally. I will, I will list off the other mid laners, and you're going you're gonna to turn your nose up at all of them. Nuke. Leader. Caps. Uh, Purchase. Yeah, Certus, fucking Humanoid, Larson, Niski, Mateo, or Ruby, and uh, Abadage. Like, what? How you make it? Bad I, I think, for you, mid I think I'll just... Sure. Yeah, whatever. We'll stick Anybot in the, in the mid lane. Hmm. Um, 
jungle i i i lean towards Yankos still i do believe like again hypothetical but if he were still on g2 maybe on a different you know like a like a better team i think they g2 may have had a bit more competition uh this year uh, i do think overall he was probably the best performing yeah i'm happy to say he's he's the best the best younger and top lane of course it's got to be uh photon i think he the was Asian absolute killer. absolute uh legend in that top side no it's, it's broken late obviously a lot of g2 members unfortunately to disappoint you there thorin but i don't know it's kind of difficult but uh i still think yeah there are yeah honestly top lane wasn't as bad as it has been in other years i would say i think considering mid lane like eu was the mid region right like eu mids was is was like a meme at a point this is probably the worst year in my memory of being an esports fan for mid laners in eu like just flat out the worst i think but honestly other decent. than support i think you could make a case that mid is the weakest role in europe right now like i think it's generally accepted that our top tier junglers at least their ceilings are pretty high uh ad carry i think sort of speaks for itself top is like a weird one because we do so badly internationally against the asian teams that maybe not but i actually think top lane in theory actually took a big uptick in that the players that joined the league other than chasey like i feel were upgrades generally i also think players like irrelevant took like fairly big steps of like improvement in top lane i also do think even though photon's peak is higher i think broken blade in summer is the best version of broken blade we've probably ever seen um and i think even though obviously they weren't in the best situation or whatever i think players like Otto are still like good just not in a an amazing situation necessarily didn't have amazing series every time sure but i, don't, I think top is like not in as bad a state as it was last year i think mid is I think this is the worst ever year for EU mids relative to the rest of the world. And I think that's kind of it. I don't think there's another <clears throat> year which is even close. I think this is by far the worst mid uh, year for mids. Yeah, it's been very disappointing. Unlike our awards show, which has been very fulfilling and entertaining as it always is. And we've come to the end of all the awards that we want to give out, which means we've also come to the end of our show is there anything else you guys want to add in maybe some i don't know anything we've we've glossed over or missed or any more context you want to give or anything like that no we've given out all our rewards excellent well i uh next step then since the uh the season has ended is is to look forward to worlds don't really have high expectations for the west of worlds um aside from my boy broken blade obviously um who's gonna dumpster with a whatever it was i said can't remember now that was ages ago um i look forward to watching that guys thank you so much for for being here for giving another brilliant show thank you at home for watching and we'll see you next time